0: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin.
1: Graveyard Grumbler Podcast.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tino Romero Jr., a.k.a. the Graveyard Grumbler. Today, I'm very happy, very, very happy that I was able to get Alex, who is a paranormal investigator. You know what? I'm going to stop there. Alex, if you don't mind, if you can introduce yourself that way, I don't take away your credits. (laughs)
1: Awesome. Uh, Well, my name is Alex Matsuo. I'm a paranormal investigator and author. Uh, I'm the founder of the Association of Paranormal Study, and I also run a blog and YouTube channel and podcast called The Spooky Stuff. And if it's weird, spooky, scary, macabre, or haunted, I want to know about it, and I want to write about it. Uh, I've written several books about the paranormal. Uh, My latest one is The Brave Mortals Guide to Ghost Hunting, which is like a paranormal 101 book. I've also written uh, The Haunting of the 10th Avenue Theater that was published by Llewellyn. And I've also written a book called More Than Ghosts, which is about how to do residential casework in the paranormal. And I'm also very passionate about spotlighting marginalized groups in the paranormal like LGBTQIA, BIPOC and uh, women. So, um, yep, that's pretty much me in a nutshell.
0: That is amazing. I read excerpts from from previous books since I don't own them. I was only able to uh, read little pieces of it. And they are really cool. I need to get them now because it's just a teaser when you just find little things here and there online or little previews of the book. And then you, uh, you try to read it all and you're like, wait, 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 no, no. I know that's a <laughs> hook, but I need to go buy it now. So the, 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 the hook it, is it's doing really cool. A yeah. It, that's exactly <laughs> what it's doing. And then you mentioned about the, the LGBTQ. Can you go more in detail about that? What, what is all that about?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I recently became, um, really passionate about spotlighting marginalized groups in the paranormal. And one of them being is the LGBTQIA community. Uh, So for anyone not familiar, you know, um, you know, gay, lesbian, trans, uh, queer, intersex, um, all that good stuff. And there is a community of people in the paranormal who do identify as as queer but we don't really hear that much about them. I mean, we know about, you know, Adam Berry from Ghost Hunters, Chip Coffee from his accolades, uh, Michelle Ballinger. Uh, but we really that's that's really all we have. And we don't have a lot of rep- representation in the media from that. And also. As I've been um, researching and just kind of diving more into this world, because I'm queer myself, I'm pansexual and. I've been diving into this world a bit deeper and finding out that there's a lot of erasing of queer history in haunted locations. Uh, I mean, if there can be straight ghosts at a location, then there are queer ghosts too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And I think that's something that I think a lot of people don't think about. It's, it's not a bad thing, but at the same time, there is also a group that whose voice we haven't really heard yet because no one's really looking for them. You know what I mean? So Um, and I mentioned, uh, there's been some little bit of erasing of queer history with paranormal media, especially with like a famous, with famous haunted locations, um, like mental asylums, prisons, uh, like trans Allegheny, for example, trans Allegheny, uh, imprisoned men for sodomy and homosexuality, but we don't hear about it. (laughs) We don't hear about it in the paranormal community, really, like not at all. I actually found the story on NPR. Oh, wow. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And so just, just kind of bringing awareness to that of like, Hey, there's, we have a group here. <laughs> we have a group here and their voices want to be heard as well.
0: It, you know, it never, it, it, it never dawned on me that that was actually a thing. It doesn't, it, to me personally, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you erase something that is, you know, it, it doesn't, it shouldn't be ever erased regardless of, of what part of history, the living or the, or the deceased you know, they, it is what it is. Just let it be. And just, you know, let's discover and learn about it as they were. I mean, they're Jesus Christmas. I've never even thought about uh, yeah. hearing that, of the erasing of that. And now that you're, you're talking about it, no, I've never, ever, ever heard of anything, uh, any uh, investigations of the LGBTQ, uh, like with a paranormal and anything like that. Never have I ever. Wow. Is,
1: does, doesn't it blow your mind now? Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: now it does. It, it really makes me scratch my head. Like, what in the world?
1: <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's, that's, kind of, that's where I was too. And uh, I really got dove deep into this thanks to my friend Shane McClelland. He runs the podcast, The Q Files. I and listen it's, to it. Yeah, Q Files is great. It is. And it really is. He used to do a YouTube paranormal show called Queer Ghost Hunters. Uh, it's still on YouTube. You can um, look up the episodes right now. And it's really good. And the way that they and their their goal, their mission and goal was to connect with queer spirits. And it's beyond the traditional give us a sign of your presence. I mean, there's a way to address these spirits so that they feel comfortable and safe to come forward to you. I mean, it's 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 it really started blowing my mind once I really dove into it. And uh, you know, because how often do we go and do investigators, I don't want to say we because I, I don't really think about this because, you know, history and society, but a lot of paranormal investigators go into like haunted asylums and automatically think the ghosts that are inhabiting this building, they're crazy, you know, or they just think mentally mentally disabled or they think like, you know, <laughs> they think of like the just the, the taboo reasons why a spirit would be haunting there. Not really thinking about Well shoot, a woman doing math got them in an asylum. You know, let alone being in um being in a homosexual relationship, you know. So yeah, yeah. But you don't you don't really hear about it, especially on TV.
0: No. Especially TV shows. Yeah, I've never I've never once the the whole taboo and the and the 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 shade that they want to keep that under. It Mm -hmm. dang, and I and I've watched the queer ghost hunters before. And my brain, my little hamsters, didn't connect that it's the same one, that the same individual that runs the the Q files. Yep,
1: yep, it, it's it didn't. It's Shane, <laughs> and it's the,
0: I mean, he has a very distinct voice. You can't you can't mistake in it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, see, if I don't see it and I hear it, I don't put two and two together or it's one and one. I don't know. I'm not good at math. See, there, there we go. Well,
1: you, you have a picture of a person you hear on a podcast, you know, you have a picture of what they look like and then you see them and it's like, what, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've been I've been done that a few, a few times with a with a few podcasts. I'm like, whoa, your voice does not match what I pictured you. Yeah, Lee, that is crazy that, you know, and that yeah. you just, you just opened up a whole new world. Like my, my head is smoking from, from the information you just gave me right now. Cause I never, it, it never, I never thought of it that, uh, in in that way that people are just assuming, oh, you know, Hey, everyone's here and they're all straight and they're fine. They're only crazy. That's why they're in here. But no, and it makes sense on how to approach, um, the spirits who, are possibly LGBTQ in a certain way. Cause they were beat up, tormented and, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: outcasted in their life. And then, yep. it, you know, they just live with that in the post life and yeah, I'd be scared shitless too. Jeez.
1: Yeah. Like how do you, how do you establish that trust of, Hey, it's, we're not here to harm you. It's safe to come talk to us. And they're thinking, yeah, well that's what the last three people in my life said to me while I was alive. And yeah, <laughs> I got put, I got put in the loony bin. Right. So yeah, it's, <laughs> Dang, yeah,
0: that's a, that's what the doctor told me right before they fried my brain. Yep,
1: yep. But yeah. oh, we're here to help you. We're not here to harm you. We're here to help you. Yeah. Uh, no?
0: Wow. no. that's Yeah. That you just you blew my mind right now. That is crazy. I never <laughs> never thought about uh, that.
1: Paranormal interview. <laughs> no, not your mind blown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, gosh. So how, how yeah, did you get? It, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, go ahead. I
0: was just going to ask how you got. How did you get started in 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 the paranormal investigation?
1: Um, let's see. Hang on, let me get my whiny cat out of the room really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Because she won't stop. <laughs> Zoey, go. Actually, I'm going to grab the quiet cat though. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, how I got started. Well, I kind of have a similar origin story as every other investigator. Uh, I had experiences when I was a kid. <laughs> Huge shock. Totally unique. <laughs> um, it did freak me out, but it was just enough for me to think, oh, well this is cool, but I want to know more. I want to understand, I want to understand more about about this about this experience that I had. So, but <laughs> huge but in here, my mother was so against anything spooky, paranormal, occult. It was not allowed in the house, like not at all. So, <laughs> I wanted to explore this, but then my mom was like, "No, no, absolutely not. This is not coming into our house." I couldn't even watch "Are You Afraid of the Dark" what? at home. Yeah, oh, and, I, and I couldn't even read the Goosebumps books.
0: Oh my god! I still did. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to I rebel. Still did.
1: Everbell. and I lived with my grandma too at the time so I mean it was my mom me and my grandma and (laughs) so I would just go to her room because she didn't care what I watched so I would just watch it from her room and you know it was fine and yeah my mom was so against it so I couldn't really explore it the way that I wanted it to I wish I wish I did had gotten that chance though because I feel like I would be a little more ahead today, um, at least in my spiritual development. But, you know, I also grew up in a very conservative Christian household um, from my mother um, and not to dog my mother that much. I mean, she was very conservative Christian. My my grandmother was more liberal. Uh, I mean, she married a Japanese man in the 50s. So, you know,
0: yeah, that's
1: (laughs) my grandma was like, (laughs) screw the establishment. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) Yeah. F your stereotypes.
1: God exactly. Exactly. Right so my grandma was very, you know, so I had that balance there cause my grandma was pretty liberal and she was also a Democrat. So, um, so very like she, she let me do a bit more while well, still parenting me cause she was co-parenting me with my mom. But yeah, it was just like an absolutely, you know, absolutely non non-negotiable type of thing. And so I would go to the library to look up books, you know, like by Hans Holzer and Harry Price and Ed and Lorraine Warren. I never checked them out though. So I would like literally dog ear the book and put it back on the (laughs) shelf in the library. Um, So that was kind of like how Alex rebelled a bit. And then, Oh man, I had, um, I had some weird experiences just throughout my life throughout my childhood, especially. And it wasn't until, well, I started driving at 16 as most teenagers do. And that was when I was going out at night. And instead of going out and partying and drinking, you know, like any normal, like high schooler, you know, maybe not the drinking, but um, (laughs) just going to parties and stuff and going to the mall. And, you know, I was going to cemeteries. Uh, I grew up in San Diego. So, I mean, I lived 15, not even 15, maybe five minutes away from the Whaley house. Oh, (laughs)
0: yeah. I know where that's at. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, so where California was born was just a five minute drive away from me. And so and the paranormal culture in San Diego wasn't even cultivated at all. I mean, all I knew was the Whaley house is haunted. The cemetery down the street is one of is like the first cemetery, it established cemetery in San Diego. They paved over half of it, so all the cars that are parked over the cemetery spikes are they go off? You know, I want to go see this. I want to see if it's true. And of course MTV, you know, they had their show fear and then there was scariest or most terrifying places on earth. Um, You know, I I was watching that kind of stuff. Uh, Yeah. So I just, I just really wanted to know more about it. And then I'm trying to remember, I think ghost hunters came out my freshman year of high school. I'm just going to do a quick, uh, ghost hunters series. I'm really going to be saying my, what my age is here. (laughs) Oh no. It came out when I graduated from, Oh yeah. It came out my, my uh, freshman year of college. So, um, Oh geez. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm just now thinking about like, Oh geez. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm
0: old. (laughs) Oh, you, you and me both. I'm, I'm up there as well. So don't don't feel left out. Like you
1: start thinking about it, you
0: start thinking about it's like, oh crap. So, So you mentioned that you read stuff on the on Ed and Lorraine Warren. Do you think, or do you believe all of their cases were legit, or do you think some of them were fabricated to help boost their their brand?
1: Oh that's a good question. So uh, so this is no offense to any of my honey that's listening that like Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, I'm actually I'm Facebook friends with their grandson Chris McKinnell. he's a wonderful individual. I find the Warrens a bit problematic. Um, I think maybe not so with Lorraine like towards the end I think I want to say the last 20 years of her life. Um, I think she got she was she relaxed a little bit. Um, I think it was probably after Ed died. But yeah, just some of their stories just seemed a little too good to be true, if that makes sense. Um, and plus, when I was reading Ellen Lorraine Warren, I was also in that world of Christian conservatism. Um, and and Lorraine Warren were really a big, they played a big role in the satanic pa- panic that happened like in the 70s and the 90s. Yeah. Which... I kind of have a problem with now looking back cause I'm not, I don't identify as Christian anymore. Uh, I'm more on the pagan side these days. And, um, so speaking of spiritual development and once you take away the religious bias out of the paranormal things just kind of open up and there's more possibilities, honestly. And they have, they had a very heavy Christian bias in all of their cases. And uh, yeah. And I think with, the stuff that they were writing about and telling about. I think I think maybe there was a bit of truth in, there may have been some truth in it but I think a lot of it may have been exaggerated like with Annabelle. I mean I feel like the whole Annabelle thing was super fabricated yeah. um, that's just my opinion though and, and seriously just my opinion for anyone that's listening and <laughs> there, was a, there was another one I can't remember off the top of my head uh, well actually perfect example is the Enfield poltergeist um, there's a bit of debate on how involved the Warrens were with the Enfield poltergeist, and if you read the book "This House Is Haunted" by Guy Lyon Playfair, um, it's written from the firsthand accounts of the parapsychologists who were there and they were present. Um, so, like Maurice Gross and that whole group, and the Warrens were there for like 15 minutes, yeah. and. I, I think it was gross that had said that Ed had come up to him saying, Hey, I can make you a lot of money out of this. Wow. And which I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Cause yeah, I mean the paranormal can be a decent money-making machine if you can sell a story and, and, I feel like with the Warrens, that was most likely the case. I mean, they were really good at marketing themselves and promoting themselves. I mean, they were doing lectures on college campuses. I mean, we're not talking like, you know, oh, meet us at the Elks Lodge on Sunday night. It was no Yale University has the Warrens coming to speak.
0: Yeah, they were making (laughs) they were making some good uh, uh, speaking fees off of that. I was reading that that's it just seemed like a lot of it was money motivated. But at the same time a lot of stuff they were writing were true that, you know, they, a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, what is it? Other accounts were, were corroborating their story and saying, Hey, yeah, this should actually happen, but not to this extent.
1: Yeah. That's a big one. That's a big one. That is,
0: cr- are they real? Are they, are they not real? Are they 90% true? Is it, there's a, are they uh, telling fish tales?
1: You know what, what's, what's going on? I'm not one to get like super angry if they ever come up in conversation. Um, I just, I just have to, I, I feel like we all need to acknowledge the problematic side of the Warrens, but we can still appreciate what we've done. But I think if we're going to move forward in the field, we'd need to really acknowledge like, yeah, this may have been fabricated. I mean, like perfect example would be The Conjuring. Um, if you read Andrea, Andrea Perrin's book, uh, House of Darkness, House of Light, I mean, and I and I I can't recall if Ed and Lorraine Warren like published their their reports on that on that haunting, but I mean, there's there was a lot. If you read if you read that book, you could see a lot of it was um, a lot of what you saw in the movie was embellished and fabricated. But for the sake of like media appearances and stuff, I mean, I know Lorraine basically had to say, oh yeah, this happened to this extent. It was this bad and not quite the case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are your favorite places to go investigate for the paranormal? I mean, do you just stay on the, you're on, you're on the East coast. Do you just stay on the East coast yep. or have you ventured out? I mean, East coast is pretty haunted. And so you could spend an entire career on the East coast.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. I mean, even when I was living in, when I was living in San Diego, I was, uh, I was traveling a lot to the East coast actually. Cause I mean, the West Coast is haunted, but. The paranormal culture out in the East Coast is so different. It's night and day. So let's see. I love Gettysburg. I try to go as much as I can. I'm actually trying to plan when I can go back, uh, mainly because I'm waiting for it to warm up. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit because I'm not a huge fan of the cold. You know, once a California girl, always a California girl. Uh, Let's see there. Yeah, yeah. I love Gettysburg. um yeah i mean i'm about a, i'm like six hours away from gettysburg same thing with like trans allegheny i'm about six hours away too i haven't actually been there yet uh that's on my bucket list for hopefully 2021 um st Albans sanatorium in virginia the uss north carolina and wilmington uh that one that place is super haunted it's been on a bunch of shows too and let's see, I'm also a big fan of, uh, like, the hole-in-the-wall places that you don't really know they're there, um, like the Trivic Clinic. Uh, it's, this, it's in Hamptonville, North Carolina, and it's in this little clinic. It's this little clinic in a rural town, it's a very small town. Um, I mean, that was where people got their tonsils taken out and where women had babies, you know, so a clinic like that. Oh, wow. um, if they want, didn't want to go all the way into town. Uh, that place is super haunted. And then South Carolina, I like South Carolina. Um, like Charleston, um, Charleston's not too far away. Neither is Savannah, Georgia. Um, let's see. I think Atlanta is about six hours away and Atlanta's got some good stuff too. So yeah. And,
0: uh, have you ever thought about heading out here to Texas?
1: I've actually been to Texas. Oh, uh, nice. I went to San Antonio. I went to the black Swan Inn.
0: Yep. That, that's where I live yep. right here. I'm in San Antonio. <laughs>
1: so you okay so you know this place yeah. that was the only place i had ever been to though in texas but um i actually i have a lot of website vis- I, I track my analytics obviously because i'm a blogger i get a lot of hits from texas so i'm like maybe i need to go out to texas uh Soon, because yeah. I, I get a decent amount of web hits from Texas.
0: The two places that you should investigate if you're whenever you come back down here is the the haunted railroad that we have out here in uh, San Antonio, where allegedly if you park your car and cover it with uh, powder or, or dust on your uh, whatever vehicle mm-hmm. you're in and you park on the train tracks, you'll you'll supposedly you'll get pushed off of the tracks for safety because a, a school bus of kids got hit by a train there. And when you go out and check, you'll see little handprints all over your car.
1: What?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't done it yet because I haven't built a nerve. Number one, because it's on a live uh, train track. And number mm-hmm. two, I don't know if I'm ready to see little kids handprints all over my truck. So I don't I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> and see, then, uh,
1: I see that and I'm like, yes.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm torn because, you know, I'm, I have that that um, let me see where I'm not 100 percent. I'm, I'm still in the process of, of convincing myself that a lot of this paranormal stuff is legit. And then whenever Thanks. I do find out that it's legit, I'm like, damn, am I going to bring that juju home with me? Because I don't I don't want that at home. <laughs> <laughs> like that's one of my exactly. biggest worries.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. Um, you know, I'm a skeptical believer, meaning like I I. I mean, based on my own experiences, I believe in the paranormal, but I'm also very skeptical of reports and stuff, and I have to dive into it myself. And I have had moments that I haven't been able to explain, and then, yeah, I think on the side, like, well, crap, is this going to follow me home now? Like, mm-hmm. do I, now I need to like, am I going to look in the rear view mirror of my car and see like the entity sitting there staring back at me? And I'm like, hey, what's up? Um-
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, how do you, oh, yeah. Can you imagine, hey, do you want takeout or you want a coffee? I mean, what do you, how, how do you handle that? You, I mean, obviously you don't get scared and, and freak out because I mean, from my understanding, they, they feed off of fear anyway, so you don't want that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give it power, but at the same time, you're not going to, I mean, I, I, me personally, I wouldn't sit there casually like, yo, you're paying for this, hey. right? You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those until it happens, mm-hmm. even though secretly I don't want it to happen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, some of my favorite interactions with ghosts have been just very, um, normal human conversations. Uh, I think recently one of my favorite ones uh I think it was from July I um yeah it was July I went to Gettysburg in July before I had some surgery done and we went to the Jenny Wade house and we were using this this app it's it's so it's computer software but you know app is your easier way um we were using the phasma box and it's kind of like echo Vox. it's like spouting out sounds and stuff and you know, we were right next to the kitchen where Jenny Wade was shot and we're just sitting there just kind of talking, trying to make contact with something. And then all of a sudden we hear like apples, cinnamon, flour, sugar. And my team member looks at me and she looks at my computer and she's like, this is ingredients for an apple pie recipe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, are we swapping recipes with a ghost? I'm down with that. I'm so down with that.
0: <laughs> that that would be really cool, honestly, to hear people, yeah. you just hear a recipe or ingredients just being thrown out there. It's like, wait, what? what? I mean, now I want pie.
1: Well, and I think that's what a lot of, I mean, this is just ghost theory according to Alex. Um, <laughs> I don't think they want to talk about all the time, like, how did you die? Or, you know, I don't think they want to talk about that stuff all the time if ever and literally it was just like oh apple pie ingredients okay <laughs> <laughs> like okay I'm totally okay with that um I am completely fine with that kind of an interaction because it's it's still del- it's a delightfully human conversation and it's very much of the times too I mean I don't know if like we were talking to Jenny Wade herself or we were just talking to a transient spirit that just happened to Walk by and be like, "Oh, there's some ghost hunters there, and they can hear me. Let's <laughs> let's see <laughs> let's see what we can do." Um, Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I never uh, I, I never understood when I saw or when I watched uh, like shows that would involve paranormal investigating. The, the, the first thing they, were well, not first thing, but one of the, the the top things they always ask is, "How did you die?" What, mm-hmm. They don't they don't want to talk about that. I mean, so it was already traumatic. They're they're reliving how they died over and over. I'm pretty sure. The the last thing they want to do is bring up the tragedy in in how they how their life was ended. They I want to talk about normal stuff, like you yeah. said, like recipes. I mean, that just I never understood. I mean, I've never done any any uh, paranormal investigating. I want to, and so do and so do my kids. But again, there's that uh, that that how would how do I take precautions on not <laughs> getting anything latched on to you and and bringing it back or you know, the, the worst case scenario being tormented for the rest of, of your life by something that latched yeah. onto you. You know, that's, that, that's, that's my, my only hold up on mm-hmm. just fully throwing myself in there. Cause I mean, it sounds fun. It looks fun. I'm really interested in the people that actually do it. And that's why I asked you to be on the show. And, uh, it, I just haven't had the, the oomph to just say, all right, yeah. th- that's the, th- that's probably not going to happen, but it might, that, that, that small yeah. little, it might, and I don't want that.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's fair too. And that's something that people have to keep in mind. I mean, there's a reason why I don't do any cases that are involving anything that's overly like negative or, you know, some people may call them demonic spirits. Um, I'm kind of like eh, on my belief in demons right now, but I mean, I, but I do believe that there is such a thing as things super negative, you know, there can be really negative spirits that can be powerful. Um, but I don't do those cases right now because I have four kitties. One of them is hitting on 16. I want to make sure she has a really happy life for however many years she has left and also, my boyfriend's a little freaked out about this kind of stuff. I mean, I just bought a haunted doll of all things um, <laughs> that has that has freaked him out a little bit. Not like I don't think she's evil or anything, because otherwise she wouldn't be welcomed in my apartment. I I really set down some batter batteries. <laughs> I set down some boundaries when she arrived. Um, but yeah, so I'm not doing anything that's like that I think could affect me personal life-wise. Uh, just, just because of that, you know, I don't want to, my boyfriend to be scared, and also I want my kitty to not be tormented by a, a jerk ghost. <laughs>
0: yeah, that would, that'd be horrible. Are you? Uh, do you? Since you mentioned uh, having some experiences when you were younger, are you are are you more sensitive to the paranormal world, or do you have to do some work to actually find them?
1: definitely have to do some work i'm not psychic at all um my intuition can be pretty spot on sometimes but literally it's like mars and venus have to align perfectly with the star of apollo and (laughs) it's like it's it's super rare Uh, and like and the North Star has to be pointing has to be pointing to a certain tree in the northern hemisphere, and then and then my intuition is on it. But <laughs> um yeah, so I I don't I've never found myself to be sensitive. I've tried I've tried feeling out energy and I'm always so wrong about it. I've noticed when I try, I'm always wrong. But then if it just kind of comes to me, then I'm usually right, and so it's one of those like I'm not going out there. I'm not trying it. I don't do readings for people because I'm gonna be wrong because I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the times that I've been on, I've been on. And but again, I think I had one. I had one on moment uh, like uh, like last week, and I'm pretty sure I'm good for 2021. So. Nice.
0: Yeah. What are your, uh, do you have any, any certain case that, that just stands out that you're kind of, it's buried in your mind or burned in your mind to where like, damn, that was, that was pretty, that was pretty sketchy or have all of them been pretty benevolent and just kind of, okay, I know you're there. That's pretty cool. Thank you for, for showing your, uh, your presence and, and have a great day.
1: You know, majority of my cases are fairly benevolent. It's just more of like the clients not really getting like, hey, so this is actually a a spirit of an old woman. And the reason why you hear footsteps at 3 a.m. is because at 3 a.m. during her life, she went and got a midnight snack, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Uh, like literally um we've had these convers these kind of conversations with our clients uh it's like she doesn't mean you harm but if you want her to go then you need to tell her that she needs to go and move on and you know it's fine but most of the time the clients are like oh that's it okay <laughs> <laughs> um and then once they know then they hear the footsteps and they're like oh that's old betty lou getting her cereal her rice crispy treat rice krispies at 3 a.m okay <laughs> um and, but I have had a couple that I'm like, oh, okay. Um, there was one that I had. Uh, it was probably one of my first cases when I moved to North Carolina. It was uh, on a military base. And the, the entity was the ex-boyfriend of the client and he had committed suicide while she was pregnant with their daughter. And this guy also was a ghost hunter in life. And, and this is kind of like my thing that I really want to explore is as like our generation starts to get older and pass on and stuff, we know the equipment is, is the way we communicate with ghosts going to change as time progresses because we become more familiar with after death communication. And anyway, that's a whole tangent for another time. Oh wow.
0: um, Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Speaking of mind-blowing stuff.
0: Whoa. Yeah, because we're we're so still like 18th century and and younger and uh, not being able to have the technology and, and communication abilities or the full understanding of it. I mean, but mm-hmm. the only communication that people have are what seances and Ouija boards, pretty much, yep. to get in contact with someone. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You just blew my mind. Like. Yeah,
1: you're good. Oh man, my little we hamster. Can is all... on, we can get on that tangent. We can get on that tangent in a minute. Um but yeah, anyway, so when we started, we did a spirit box session with this spirit and I said, "Okay, Bob, you know, you know what this is. You know what we're looking for, you know. Let's let's have a chat." And we actually had probably one of the most productive conversations I've ever had with a spirit box. Like he knew what to do. He knew what the device was. And it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, we asked him to clarify what he wanted to be called. And he and I'm changing the name just in case, you know, you never know who's listening. Um, I was like, do you want to be called Robert or Bob? And he's like, Bob, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it's just very like, oh, yeah. And yeah. And really, we found out that the reason why he was there was because he was worried that his partner, his ex-partner at this point, wasn't going to tell their daughter about him and stuff and he just wanted to make sure that their daughter knew who he was as she grows up and so yeah yeah um but that one that one was a head scratcher for me because literally I'm just sitting there it was like talking to somebody on the phone and it was the same voice coming through the whole time and yeah and, and the guy used to be a ghost hunter and I like literally I opened up with you know what this is, (laughs) you know, you know what we're looking for. (laughs) So, and yeah, and it really, it just makes me think about, okay, well, as I get older and people around me, my mentors, they start to pass on. I mean, they know this equipment, they know what we're trying to do is our spirit communication only going to get better like in the next 10, 20, 30 years? Because, Oh, we know this. Like, Oh, there's a spirit box. We know what this does. Let's, let's have at it. So
0: I'm pretty sure it's going to be, just amazing the the not the ease but well yeah the ease to communicate with the afterlife in the next uh, like you said 10 20 years because if everyone now has is familiar with the technology and knows how to use it and when they pass it's, it, it's not like they, their mind gets completely erased
1: right so they're going to we hope <laughs> yeah we well, you know
0: that's true at least at least we hope because it, it's going to be real interesting on the the crazy pop-ups on on how many legit uh, communications people had with the afterlife
1: yeah I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. It's like, oh, like, oh, we're not scared of the red light anymore. Like we tell all these ghosts like, hey, there's a red light here. Don't worry. It won't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas like when I'm a ghost, I'll be like, oh, hey, red light. What is this? Oh, it's um, it's an ovulus. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's,
0: <laughs> this time we follow the light. We, we don't we don't stay away from the light. Let's go towards it.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly. Well, I guess it'll so. determ-
0: I'll, just, I'll determine on the color of the light. I guess you're not supposed to go towards the white light.
1: Yeah! Oh,
0: yeah! Don't go towards the white light. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, you're 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 making my my two little hamsters in my head scratch their head like, whoa! I never even thought of this stuff about the the possibilities. Because you're, I mean, you, you think of uh, paranormal and and you're just stuck in that one era where where people have like I said only communicated through seances and 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 Ouija boards. And then now with the advancement of technology, the people who are know how to use the technology are going to pass. And I never thought about that. It just seems like, oh... As soon as we pass, we all grab uh, white wigs and wear uh, English, <laughs> English robes and, and hold a candle as we as we uh, shuffle through the housing. Struggling, <laughs>
1: struggling to put on my Victorian period dress <laughs> as I'm like dying in hot, just like blending with the ghosts.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know, moaning and groaning because I can't find my quill and ink because I need a journal for that evening in my chambers. It just, it, it never thought, of, it, it just never dawned on me that. Hey, man, just because you die, you don't get stuck back in in the medieval times. You actually advance with the technology that you passed away with.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, now that makes me wonder, too, like, man, should I start still be used? Should I be using more like Victorian style seances if I'm trying to talk (laughs) to spirits from the Civil War era? I mean, I mean, there's there is a thing there are there are studies. Um, There's a man named John Sable. He coined the ghost excavation method. And what he does Uh, He's actually the one that really inspired me to bring more historical context to an investigation. He will dress up in period clothing and he will do scenarios like say, like he went to Burnside Bridge in Antietam and he was doing like roll call and acting like a commanding officer, uh, you know, just to the open air um, to try to make contact with these spirits. And they responded. Oh, wow. Like. They responded. And he, I'm like, well, maybe there's something to this. Like, if I want to talk to, you know, Jenny Wade, you know, maybe next time I go back to the house, I'm going to bring some apple pie with me and bring some recipe cards. <laughs> like, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. You you take the apple pie and then you hear a voice talking about where's the tea? That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, you you keep a, uh, you, you bring uh, you mention um Gettysburg a lot I went to Gettysburg and for those people who had never been to Gettysburg when you step on Gettysburg you just get this weird mm. feeling of uh, it's, it's hard to explain now, number one you're in awe knowing that one of the worst battles in civil war history happened there on, on American soil and then number two It's just it's a weird energy that that you that you just have just standing on on the battlefield. It's crazy.
1: I'm glad you said that, because I I tell people, even when you like drive across the border from Maryland, it hits you. Yeah. Like there's a weird energy that just hits you. And um, Gettysburg, honestly, is one of my favorite places. Uh, I mean, I have actually been contemplating maybe in April or May, but just like getting an Airbnb and just spending a week in Gettysburg. And I mean, I work from home 100% now because thanks, COVID. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I can literally work from anywhere right now. And I'm like, you know, I've always just wanted to spend a week in Gettysburg, like not necessarily on vacation, but just to just be there and just be present in Gettysburg. And I mean, it's right now it's the perfect time to do it well maybe not right now because it's cold it's cold uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason why i haven't like decided to just move to gettysburg i've actually contemplated it quite a bit because i i love it there so much and it's always been very familiar to me i mean the first time i went there i was in eighth grade i already knew where everything was when i arrived and i had never been there before i mean oh, and wow. you're talking about a. 14, yeah, I would have been 14, a 14-year-old California girl, you know, (laughs) stepping into Gettysburg and knowing where everything was. So I don't know if it's a past life thing or maybe just something just resonated in me with Gettysburg so much that, I don't know, because I I was a terrible student. I know I wasn't doing extra, I did not do extra studies outside of what was in my textbook. So. Um, so that's the, so that's an anomaly right there that still has me shaking my head. And every time I go to Gettysburg, I feel like I'm home. So it's one of those, like, I automatically know where everything is, I can move around town with a lot of ease. And I don't know, it's comfortable to me. So I don't know if that's, again, I don't know if that's a past life memory or just maybe my soul just really connects to that town. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a special place. I mean, and yeah, you feel it. I mean, when you think about the historical context of it and yeah, yeah it's just, crazy. yeah,
0: I went there yeah. in, uh, in 99 for a school trip okay. for my senior year to help, uh, share the how old I am as well. Uh, it <laughs> was, <laughs> we went out there for a school trip. We went out to the East coast for a week and we went to uh, Gettysburg, Maryland, uh, Virginia. Cause it was a, it was a criminal justice field trip, but it was a spring break. So we were out there and we, and I never believed in well that. Well, in the nineties I was already rebelling. Like, Oh, I don't believe in anything because I don't believe it. Cause I didn't say it in my head. But when I stepped onto Gettysburg, everything just like, dude, this shit's real, man. This is a whole different energy that, You've never felt before, and whatever's on this field and and out here, it's it's out. It's not of this world. It's something that that you can't mm-hmm. see or explain, but you can feel it. And it's whew. that's when I started being, like you said, a, a, a skeptical believer in yeah. in that whole thing. Because and it's beautiful there too. It's amazing, Gettysburg. I mean, it, it seems like that's where uh, home is, where the heart is. So it seems like that's where you you're destined to end up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. I'd, I'd like to go back there just to, now that I'm older and not. Not such a young punk, <laughs> and I can <laughs> I can I can appreciate the 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 feeling and the energy and, and everything that that Gettysburg is now that I'm older. Because when you're young, I mean, at least for me personally, I, I didn't I fully appreciate everything that Gettysburg is and was. So I mean, but I felt that energy, and I just I just stood there on the ba- battlefield like, whoa, this is whew, this is a lot, and then mm-hmm. you know just kept on trying to be a tough little punk kid in the East coast. And it just, I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. I need to go back in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, especially after this Texas hot? freeze. <laughs> well, the, the heat yeah. is fine. I don't mind the heat. It, that's fine. I mean, I grew up in a uh, Bakersfield, California, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not, uh, shying away from the heat. I just don't like the cold. I, I can't do the cold.
1: Bakersfield. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> 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 that, that's why I live in Texas now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah gosh anytime i ever drove from san diego to san francisco i mean it was like
0: bakersfield <laughs> yep Bfe. yep exactly if you like uh if you like agriculture dairy and oil bakersfield bakersfield is the city for you but that, that's it that, yep. that's all you have out there
1: <laughs> That <and Livermore>, California.
0: <laughs> yep oh gosh yeah, I can't. I, I, I didn't want to grow up in in Bakersfield and die in Bakersfield. I couldn't do it, so I had I had to leave that place.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't believe <laughs> you. <So, laughs>
0: have you ever used uh, the Ouija board in any kind of communication or for fun curiosity in any sort of way?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I actually, I so here's here's how risky and rebellious I am. <laughs> I used a Ouija board on Halloween night in 2020.
0: Oh, geez. You're just just an open invitation for something negative.
1: (laughs) I know. I actually had somebody accuse me of, like, unleashing the apocalypse (laughs) onto the world. (laughs) I'm like, don't give me too much credit, but I'll happily take credit for it. Anything terrible that happens from here on out, I'll take credit for it. Oh, that,
0: that's, a, that's a shirt right there.
1: <laughs> like, Gosh. Yeah, so I used a Ouija board on Halloween night in 2020. And uh, yeah, so I've used a Ouija board a couple times before. I'm very fascinated with the history and everything. Now, I very much respect the board for what it is, you know, just in case. This is the skeptical believer in me. It's like, yeah, it could be crap, but just in case, (laughs) just in case, you know, open and close my doors and I, I usually use it with under the supervision of someone more experienced than me so that, you know, they can help me not screw up or unleash the apocalypse. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And yeah, I've had interesting experiences and I've also had some very boring experiences. So nothing where nothing happened Uh, from the Halloween night encounter. My mom came through. Oh, wow. Of all things. The conservative Christian mom <laughs> that I had just spoken about earlier. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, and really, uh, and my boyfriend Chris was using it with me at the time. And, you know, you always think about what you could would say to a loved one after they've after they're gone, like, oh, my gosh, what would I say to them? And you plan all this stuff. And then my mom comes through and I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. This is terrible. <laughs> Um, but one question did come to my mind and I, and I said, Hey, what do you think, Chris? And meanwhile, Chris is looking at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the Ouija board spelled out, got a good one. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs>
0: so, kudos to your boyfriend for being able to, uh, uh, impress the, the, the deceased. That's a high five. Right. On him, Golly.
1: Right. That's what I told him. I was like, yeah, you impressed her even after death. So, you know, good job, dude. Yeah, that,
0: that's a that's a medal right there. Golly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's sitting there with his eyes open like. uh. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I could imagine how it would be to to witness things that you only heard of, of you know, the things that are taboo. And then you're seeing it right there in front of you. And now whatever doubts you have are completely out the window because it's, it's happening right there in front of you. I bet that's a real like kick in the face. Like, whoa, this shit's real. This just Yep. yeah. So, when, what what precautions do you take for the Ouija board? Because I don't, I'm interested in the Ouija board, but I won't get anywhere near it again for the not not for the fear, but for the worry that something's gonna open up and and latch on and and torment my family for for the rest of our lives. But I am really fascinated with the Ouija board, but I don't know what to do to protect myself.
1: So what I do is really just kind of I set my intentions and I say, you know, nothing but good, um nothing but good comes through, you know, just really trying to set something positive and I set my boundaries and you know, place my fingers on the board and just go. Um then after I'm done, some people like to move the planchette in a circle like I think it's 3 times or something to close the door officially. I just more of just say, "Hey, thanks, we're done." <laughs> Close, I just kind of physically I physically make the move of like I'm closing the door we're good thanks for communicating have a good night <laughs> okay
0: and you uh, haven't had I'm any so, go ahead I'm sorry
1: I'm so unorthodox <laughs> <laughs> but that usually works um, though if
0: you're if you're not if, if you're against the grain it, it usually have a, a better outcome and better experiences
1: yeah you know honestly I don't I'm kind of on the fence of like how ritualistic do we need to go with like, like moving the planchette three times or meditating or whichever. I think it all comes down to your intention. And really, I just say, Hey, thanks for talking. We're done. (laughs) Have a great night. Move forward. Go in peace. Don't follow me home. Don't, don't, um, or, or I was at, I've always been at someone else's house when I use the board. So (laughs) I was going to ask you Uh, that too. (laughs) Yeah, Um, or I'll say, hey, you know, you need to go your merry way. Don't bother the people who live here. You know, just I just make it known. Like, I thank them for their time and the boundary that's set. And so far, so good. So far, so good. Hmm. The house that I that I was at on Halloween night in 2020, it hasn't been swallowed by hellmouth yet. So.
0: No uh, lava seeping from the ground to damn them into the uh, uh, depths of hell uh, for eternity.
1: Nope. Well, that's So good. far hasn't happened
0: yet. <laughs> I wonder if, hopefully they have insurance for that though.
1: I would hope so, but <laughs> we'll see.
0: So asking you about the, the Ouija board, it's going to make me not make me, but I want to ask you about a question that you mentioned, something that you mentioned earlier. You said that you don't believe in or fully, I, I can't remember now. Uh, you don't fully believe that there are demonic, entities or you mm-hmm. don't believe in demonic entities because of your your pagan beliefs now I, explain that a little bit because I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm confused on on if they're because I'm kind of in the middle as well but I don't know I haven't really looked into different uh, possibilities or reasons to just in my head personally I'm like eh, it just doesn't seem there has to be a reason why they're quote demonic
1: yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of the standards of what classifies as demonic, we anybody could say, well, that's just general paranormal activity there. Like, oh, there was a TikTok video that infuriated me. This guy was saying signs that you have a demon, it's, and he included, like, cold spots and feelings of being watched. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> no. Like, no. no, no, no. But then it also got me to thinking because, um, I mean, I've worked with demonologists. I've even worked with priests from the old Catholic Church and the Roman Catholic Church and who do believe that there are demons. And, and I don't even know if maybe demon's the right word we should even be using. I mean, I believe that there are evil spirits out there. Um, I don't know if they're like, I don't think they're the demons in the sense of like, you know, scaly creatures with horns and, you know, little a little pitchfork and, you know, I'm not thinking that, (laughs) um, but when people are dealing with demons, I mean, I've seen, and I think this is what really rocked my world when it came to my spiritual journey. Uh, I have seen other religious practices work against evil spirits or some people will call them demons. I call, you know, we could call them evil spirits, but, I've seen um, a Hindu um, or a Hindu based uh, cleansing and blessing happen. I've seen uh, pagan blessings and cleansings and exorcisms happen. Uh, I've seen them from all different sides of the religious coin and they all work. Like they all work. And then I'm thinking, well maybe it just goes all comes down to your intention. And I mean I've mentioned intention a few times, but it's like maybe it just all comes down to what you believe in, not necessarily like is there one correct religion, but it's your faith in whatever you believe in and how strong that is. So maybe it's the faith that's the actual key here, not the belief system itself if that makes sense.
0: Right. That makes that makes so,
1: sense. So Yeah.
0: Do you are you it, do, you, do you believe in in possession and, and the need for exorcism? Because that that all the, the demon and the evil spirits kind of all fallen hand in hand towards mm-hmm. possession and, and exorcism. So,
1: Ooh, yeah, this is a tough one because. uh, In I'm this is just my personal experience and now someone else may not have a name, may not have the same experience. And if you haven't, I'd love to hear from you because I want to talk. of the cases that I've worked on that have been in any relation to demonic or possession, 100% of the time the victim has had some sort of mental illness. And, uh, now psychologists will even prescribe an exorcism as treatment because that's, if you do the practice and the, and the patient or the victim sees that, then they inadvertently recover because they believe that the process of exorcism works. Um, I know it's clear as mud. Yeah, no, that I I <laughs> um,
0: understand. I used, I used to work in a mental health facility. So yeah, that makes I, I'm okay,
1: completely perfect. on the on the
0: right page that, or understand what page you're 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 flipping right now.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's tricky because I do believe in possession, but I I truly believe that there has to be a level of consent when it comes to possession. I like, I don't believe that just a random house cat can be, can get possessed. I don't believe that someone's kid can get possessed or I don't believe you can get possessed by thinking homosexual thoughts. And if that's the case, I'm in huge trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, seriously. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, so I think there is a, a level of consent that has to happen and I read a book called Hostage to the Devil. It's by Malachi Martin, and it, the way the book is laid out is it it's there's five cases and they're each told from the perspective of the possessed and the exorcist. And I think that's super fascinating to read those pers- per, those different perspectives of the case because in this in this book every one of the cases of possession, the possessed had had given some sort of consent and whether that consent was, was um, granted through pressure, um, intimidation, there was always some sort of level of consent. And I mean, and I know, um, and even in Christianity, there's the age of accountability, uh, at least in my Baptist upbringing, <laughs> there was the, <laughs> we had the age of accountability <laughs> and one of the thousands of umbrellas of Christianity, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think, I mean, I know, and even in the spiritualism movement, if we look at the Watsika wonder, it was a case of, um, of a, of a go the ghost of a teenage girl possessing the body of a young woman. Um, that that's a fascinating case. I recommend that anybody look that up. It's one of America's first documented cases of possession. So now what I say that that ghost I think her, her name was Laurency Venom. Um, was Laurency Venom a demon? No. But do I think that maybe the girl that she possessed gave some sort of consent? Granted, at the time, this girl was incredibly sick, and apparently her soul went to heaven to recover, and Laurency took over her, her body, I guess, to keep it fresh? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, the picture you know, <laughs> um, but it, that's really the case here. So I think there was a, a, a level of consent given. So, um, so it's, it's, it's a hard, that's a hard one, but I do believe that possession is possible, but yeah, I think there's a, there's a bit of a process there. It's not just as simple as I'm possessed, spit out pea soup. I need an exorcism. I think there's a process involved, you know, <laughs> I'm super unorthodox. Oh, no, that's (laughs) you're
0: you're fine. It's amazing stuff because it just a lot of stuff that 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 you're you're bringing up or or saying and believing. It's crazy because, I mean, there's always two sides of a coin. You know, you you have to see what was always been fed to you and what you've been told the, you know, through primarily the the Catholic Church. And then when you hear other people talk about, no, there's more to it than just what you're told. It opens up this whole world, and all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, that that that's a possibility." Why didn't I think about mm-hmm. that? Well, because with uh, media and not media, but with movies and people shoving, you know, w- traditions and what they were told over and over and over, you you just can't help but to think that's the one way and the only way that could never happen, or that could it could ever happen. Yeah. And and now that you bring out the other side of the coin, I'm I'm telling you, my hamsters are just scratching their head like, "Dude, what? what whoa." <laughs> That's yeah, Lee. So, what, in your opinion, would explain the the evil spirits that attack people, that you know, physically, that, that do physical harm to them, the the bruising, the scratching, uh, the pushing down the stairs, the tripping, the pulling out of the. Well, see, I don't I don't see being pulled out of bed as an evil thing. I just think that's someone who wants to just have fun. I think it's an evil spirit who who just wants to mess with whoever's in bed. Cause they probably didn't get enough sleep when they were alive. Now they now whatever house they're at, they're not going to let anybody else sleep. So they're just going to pull their feet and pull them out of bed. To me that that's where they didn't get enough sleep when they were alive. And so now they're not going to let anybody else sleep. So they're just going to mess with them all, all through the nights, multiple times a week. So what, what, in your opinion, what do you, what do you think the it, the evil spirits intention or the explanation uh, in your opinion for, for the, the physical harm that that spirits uh, inflict on people?
1: Yeah, um, I'm a full-blown full, full blown believer in if you were a jerk in life, you're probably going to be a jerk in death. Um, or if you are easily overwhelmed in life, you'll probably get easily overwhelmed in death. And I kind of wonder, with these spirits who do physically attack people, I don't necessarily automatically think demon, but obviously they have some sort of pent-up energy or pent up rage that's strong enough to make contact with someone. Cause it takes a lot of energy for spirits to communicate. I mean, I give one hit on the K two meter and the ghost I'm talking to is ready to go take a nap. So, <laughs> um, so it takes a lot of energy to, to physically harm somebody. But also I know there are a lot of ghost hunters out there that like to provoke. They like to take a page out of a certain famous paranormal show and provoke spirits and provoking In my opinion, I'm not a fan of provoking. I don't think anyone should do it, honestly. I think it's wrong. Um, At least, like, you know, show yourself or you're not a real man. You know, (laughs) that that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's bullying. Um, Bullying, yeah. That's that's what it is. I think we need to stop calling it provoking. We need to call it bullying because I do a little low level of provocation with spirits. Like, one ghost is really OCD about keeping everything clean. When we go in there, we'll make a little bit of a mess to get her to come chat with us or to scold us and tell us to clean up. You know, <laughs> um, That's a little low level provoking right there. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I think too, um, when you have provocation or bullying happen happening, they're going to stick up for themselves or they're going to make it known that they don't appreciate it. And a lot of times lately that has meant physical contact of some kind, like very much unwelcomed physical contact.
0: I see that side because someone me or someone pushes my buttons enough. I mean, I'm I'm gonna let them know that I don't like that one way or the other. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a reason why we hear "get out" a lot.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, you're annoying. Just get out. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> you're not welcome here. That per- make yep. perfect perfect expl- explanation. Yeah. I'm stumbling over my words. So, do you also believe, or do you? Yeah. Do you believe that Satan? controls the evil spirits and God controls the good spirits, or is it just one big community? And if you're a jerk, you're a jerk. If you're good, you're good. And there is no control and no uh, soldiers of, of death and evil being, uh, being deployed by, by Satan himself.
1: I don't believe that. I think, (laughs) I think it's just a big spiritual cluster happening um, I mean, there could be some politics happening where, you know, Satan or Lucifer is running like, a the legion of hell and God's running the good side. I don't, <laughs> I mean, maybe, <laughs> um, I think there is like a, I mean, I do believe like in a way that, that there is a God. Um, I just don't think that. God is as involved as we think he or she is. And I probably just triggered a few people. Oh, I'm sure um, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can, I could already, I can already feel the quiverings in the universe. <laughs> well, for,
0: for, for my podcast, um, I've mentioned several times that I'm atheist. So I think, I think you're on the safe side over here. I, I think you're okay. You're oh, good. perfect.
1: Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I see, I do believe that there could be some sort of like collective thing happening. Um, cause sometimes I'm like, Oh, the universe just happened to do this for me. And this is weird. I don't do I want to say that's God? I don't know. Like the other day I was really overwhelmed in the morning. Um, I teach online ESL to kids in China and I was not having a good morning. I have to wake up at 4am to do it. And I was really emotional and I just needed a break. I just needed a break. And I'm like, can I please get some kids to cancel? And like, five minutes before my first class, I had like three kids cancel. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. (laughs) Whoever you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, or was it me or did it come from my brain that my mental stress was so intense that I sent out this back signal, (laughs) You (laughs) you know, that made that, caused my kids to cancel. I, I don't know. It's one, man, it could have been a, just a wonderful coincidence too. And I say wonderful cause I got to sleep in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, so I'm just very much, um, I have a really hard time with believing that. And I have a hard time believing there's a hell. I'll be honest. Um, Me too. <laughs> like cause it's hell has been used as such of a, as a manipulation tool for centuries. I'm just like, eh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like i don't know i don't think so now i mean for pedophiles and rapists then i'm pretty sure they do go hopefully i hope they go somewhere like coming back as a bug and get squished over and over again or
0: <laughs> just permanent that, torture or something yeah, but yeah, i I, I hope for that too because that's what they deserve
1: yeah yep yep but some of the most terrible people i know are you know believe in god and hell and i'm like i don't want to be in this party <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you just history in in itself. I mean, you have what the the war for God when when uh, back in the medieval times for the kings and queens. You know, we're doing this for God, and then go slaughter and and pillage whole villages yeah. in the name of the crown and the name of God. I mean, that's that's hard for me to believe that. Hey, he's a good guy. It's okay if you slaughter because you said it's for God. You know, I just yep. yeah yeah that that's that's pretty pretty crazy. I, you know, now that you now that we're talking about it, I I kind of not kind of, but I fully believe that there is just a community cluster. And if you're, if you're an a-hole in, in, in real life, then you're going to be an a-hole in the afterlife. And that, that causes for the, the physical harm and the, and the messing with, you know, the, the, the physical contact. I, I, I believe in that too. I agree with that one. I like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, and also, gosh, I mean, I don't want to totally dive into reincarnation cause I'm like, whew, um, But <laughs> You know, the whole idea of reincarnation, too. I mean, I've encountered a lot of ghosts out in the field who don't want to cross over because they're afraid of judgment. Um, I think that's why we have a a lot of spirits is because they're like, well, you know, I was kind of a crap person in life and I was a Christian. And so therefore, this is waiting for me. I'm not crossing over. I'm hanging out for a bit. Um, But then it's like, no, from my understanding, you know, from the couple people I've talked to, like really dark talking too hard about afterlife and everything, afterlife survival and stuff. Uh, You know, they've mentioned reincarnation a few times, like, oh, you know, they're going to come back and learn a new lesson. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do we have an infinite number of souls or are we recycling and <laughs> oh, yeah. coming back and learning more lessons? And, um, and I'm kind of looking at my past life. I'm like, what kind of lessons are you trying to teach me right now? <laughs> Dang it.
0: Yeah. I feel the same. I, I think when you mentioned, do we have, um, an infinite amount of, of souls or are we recycling? I think that until you fully grasp and understand the message that you're, you're trying to learn, You'll, you'll be reincarnated until that message is, is learned. And then once you yeah. learn it, then boom, your soul goes to wherever it goes, you know, just back into the world of energy and particles mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But until you learn it, you're still going to be reincarnated until, until it, you're like, Oh shit, this is what I'm supposed to learn. And then you're good. Yeah. I think that's what it is.
1: Yeah. That's, and you know what? I, I could totally get on board with that too. So,
0: <laughs> so you've been, how long have you been investigating the paranormal?
1: uh i mean if we want to count when i was 16 then oh god um i gotta get a calculator out um <laughs> 19 years if we count the high school years <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm old. or i did take a few actually no i did take a break a bit for college because you know college. Uh, I wanted to be a normal college kid for a bit. (laughs) A normal college theater kid. So I'd say probably, I started my team in 2011, so I've definitely been doing residential cases for almost 10 years now. And then just kind of tinkering around and kicking rocks in the paranormal, probably about three or four years after that. So maybe let's say 13, 14 years. Oh, wow.
0: And so you mean you, 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 uh, you said you mentioned your team and then you do residential. So people will call you to have you investigate what's going on in their, in their, in their house.
1: Yes. Yes. We're very picky now with the clients that we choose because a lot of people don't like to do their homework or they don't like to be honest with us completely. And we're kind of tired of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's just a waste when you head out there.
1: Yep. Especially when you have to drive like three hours. Oh, and then yeah. Yeah. I'd
0: be pissed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah.
0: I'd be, oh my gosh. I I don't hide my emotions well, so I'm sure it would be all over my face. Like really? Really three hours and, and I'm and you maybe do this? Oh man. Yeah, probably <laughs> Yeah,
1: so yeah. People fill out an application and we do ask, are you open to being debunked? And if they don't hit yes, we don't take it because there's no we're not there to validate well we are if there is something there but we're not there to just show up and say oh yeah you got a ghost just to validate your suspicions it's it's more of like okay you called us out here let's figure out what's going on so yeah
0: and once you so once you determine that there is a spirit in their house do you give them ways to either live with them or get rid of them or precautions or is it just it's your choice if you want them to stay stay if not then hey do this and they might go away
1: yeah so we will ask them what exactly they want because usually they'll usually they'll tell us they'll they'll say like um oh well we would like you to get rid of it or um we would like we would just like to understand exactly what's going on or they'll just say we just want to know if there is something weird happening and that's it and those are honestly my favorites because then it's like oh I don't have to really I don't have to try. Well, I, I do have to try. I put 110% in every time, but don't get me wrong. But when someone wants us to get rid of it, then it gets a little tricky because that's more on the client themselves, because we're just guests in that house. Um, you know, we can say, Hey spirit, they don't want you here. You need to go, but then the spirit's like, But you're not head of this household. What what does what does this what does this person think? And they're absolutely right. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know. I'm not, you know, so we don't really speak for the client, but we'll give them resources. We'll even give them a script if they need it. You know, it's like, here's what you need to say and you need to believe it with all your heart. And here's, here's the other stuff you need to do. Um, you know, don't like, or we asked the client, you know, Hey, bury these four, you know, bury these crystals in the four corners of your property to help create a protective grid over your home. Um, you know, just little things like that. We definitely empower them with knowledge and to feel comfortable saying the words like, this is my house, get out or, Hey, you're welcome to stay, but here are my boundaries, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it kind of turns into more of a cult consultative role now. Okay.
0: That's pretty, that's yeah. awesome. I never knew that uh, services like that were, were offered. Well, I mean, I did, but I never uh, knew or uh, talked with someone who, who actually did it in, and had mm-hmm. regular ideas on how to get rid of them. Like you said, berry crystals for a barrier. Hey man, you know, you say this verbatim and you know, it more than likely is going to have them go away. But if not, then it's not going to happen instead of, Oh, you need to burn your house and, and, and uh, smoke out with a uh, sage and then, you know, get like five gallons of holy water and boom, you're, you're fixed. No, that that's, that's crazy cliche stuff that people, you know, to a point, you know, depending on how, mm-hmm. how much of a believer you are in certain things. But it's, 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 uh, it's nice to hear that there's just regular ways and regular steps you can take to help protect yourself and get rid of uh, whatever entity you have in your house. You know, that's nice to hear yep. instead of, because I mean, with the paranormal, it's either extreme or you don't believe at all. There's, there's really not a middle ground that a lot of people talk about. Cause it's not really, it's not really interesting if it's not, you know, balls to the wall. You're like, Oh man, mm-hmm. if this thing was flipping doors open and, and knocking dishes down. No, man, like you said, the, Person, when you heard footsteps, because at this time they went to go get the Rice Krispie treat. That's what that's what they did. You know, stop stop being paranoid. Yep. So that's nice to, that's pretty cool to hear. Dang, I didn't yeah. s- Again, you're blowing my mind with all this stuff. So I apologize if I'm over here slow and, and responding <laughs> and, and stumbling over my words because it's processing in my brain. Like, damn, it's really that simple and really that interesting at the same time. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least. So, for my young listeners out there, for the ones that want to get their toe wet in the paranormal investigating, uh, realm and world and, and, uh, uh, job, what would you suggest for them to start off on? Like, what, what, is it a good idea? Is there certain things that they have to mentally prepare? What equipment would they buy? What, what would you suggest for a new up and comer youngster that says, Hey, I like what you're doing. I don't want to do professionally. I just want to have fun. And I just want to hear and feel and see
1: question. So this is where I'm going to shamelessly plug my book. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I actually, I have a book on this. It's called The Brave Mortals Guide to Ghost Hunting, and you can find it on Amazon. Uh, Well, as if you don't want to buy my book and you don't need a new doorstop, um, you can... (laughs) Uh, you can, I recommend reading books. I also recommend following different influencers on social media since we're talking to the young out there. Um, there are some really good ones like glowing ghost, paranormal, um, tattoos and spooks. Uh, her name's Ivy Boyd. Uh, there, those are really good influencers to follow. Um, just read, read books. That's, that's, that's how I started. I read books, uh, but you know, there's uh, diving into parapsychology too. look into organizations like the society for psychical research, SPR. There's also ASAP. Uh, gosh, I forgot what the acronym is. I'm gonna have to look it up really quick, but they're but both SPR and ASAP are UK based and they're studying parapsychology, but they're also, um, They're also making it more accessible to people. All right. ASIP stands for the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena. Whew. Um, (laughs) That's that's a big one. The Rhine Research Center, too, is a really great resource. Um, Yeah, just I'd say be very careful interacting with the paranormal community, especially on Facebook, because there's a lot of paranormal drama. Uh, you know, just, just be very, very careful, get a solid background in photography and videography too, cause that will help you rule out uh common, um, common anomalies that you might see like orbs and you'll be able to debunk those. And I always say it's really important to, to know how to debunk that kind of stuff, because then you can start really getting into the good stuff and really diving into, um, The paranormal, you know, paranormal research, you know, because then you're not too busy looking at dust all the time.
0: (laughs) I'm going to have to pick your book because my kids are interested in in uh, in venturing into that field, but not deep, you know, head, uh, head and underwater. But they're 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 curious and I don't know anything about it.
1: And yeah, I'm
0: going to have to pick that book up.
1: Yeah, definitely. actually, I have tips on how to make the most out of different paranormal tourism experiences. Like if you're just doing a ghost walk or a ghost tour um, or a group investigation, like how you can make the most out of those situations too. So I definitely yeah. need
0: those because we have a, a few ghost tours here in San Antonio that we want to do once COVID restricts or the restrictions are up and and we're able to actually go out in the world and and live. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I hear you.
0: Yeah. There, there's a few that we want to go to out here in Texas. And that's, that's one thing that I want is to have an experience that we're, that we can, uh, what's the word, uh, get the most out of instead of just, uh, sitting there and wait for something to happen that we can do more to, to, to welcome whatever we're supposed to be experiencing mm-hmm. while we're there. Have you ever been to the, yeah. to Oregon? in and there's that there's a ghost tour in Oregon and then you go into this creepy house or supposed creepy hotel where this gal fell down the the elevator chute got crushed and died and now she lives in the basement of the hotel and you go in there with some um, I think they're called EVP monitors and you sit in the dark and you're supposed to hear her talking and moving and and uh, she was abused by men and so men with deep voices aren't, aren't supposed to communicate with her cuz she'll lash out and and get angry so we went down there, and it was really cool just to sit in the dark inside of the the under, underneath the the hotel. But nothing, nothing stood out to where like, oh, damn, this this is this is legit, this is real. But it was fun at the same time because the kids had a blast. You know, a kid's imagination is always going to run wild. And oh, did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you feel this? So that was really cool. But I, I wanted to get more out of it than what they gave me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Have yeah. you been to that tour? I can't think of the name of the tour. It's it's uh, it's somewhere in Portland, in Oregon, and I can't think of the name off the top of my oh. head. It's like this little I've ghost tour, to, Portland.
1: Okay, I've only been to Portland once, and that was to get a tattoo. So. Oh well, that's a great place <laughs> to get
0: it. <laughs> yeah, we uh we lived in in Washington for five years. And we we dipped down to uh, Portland a bunch of times for all the all the vegan eats and the spooky Portland tour that was down there that was rated one of the best on the Pacific Northwest. So we went, and it, it was it, I mean it was fun. The kids enjoyed it. We walked all through downtown Portland. But I want to get more like you're saying on tips on how to get more out of experiences like that.
1: Well, I cover that in my book, I'm so have, I'm little have to pick shameless okay. plug there.
0: Oh, no shameless at all. That's one of the reasons that. Uh, to get on a podcast is so you can plug your, your stuff. That's one Yay. of the best places to do <laughs> no shameless plugs for me at all. You plug all you want on anything that you have going. Cause that's, I mean, it's, it's great to, for people to, to get, it helps you out. And it, you know, it, it makes you appreciate what you're doing when people mm-hmm. pick it up and read it and like, Oh damn, you this is really cool. It makes you feel good. Even if you're not, you know, you don't become a, a billionaire from it. It just feels good that people find what you do interesting as well. Yeah. 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 And so I mentioned to you on the earlier when we spoke before we we uh, we actually did the interview that I was going to ask you some real quick off the cuff, not off the cuff, but questions on like what if scenarios. OK, OK, so zombie apocalypse happens. Where are you holding up at? What, what, what are you going to do to survive?
1: <sighs> holding up probably in my uncle's condo. He lives in a high rise in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding up there. <laughs> He's like on the 24th floor. <laughs> That's a good place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the other part of that question?
0: Uh, what do you do to survive?
1: What do I do to survive? Oh, gosh. Um ah. You know, I've been trying to learn archery for the longest time. Maybe like some target practice is how I learn how to take them down from a distance. Um, <laughs> and food, gosh, I don't even know. <laughs> I would do terrible during a zombie <laughs> Let's be—I'm going to be the slow one that gets eaten to save the rest of the group. I've—I've I've already resigned to the state and I am okay with it.
0: It's that, uh, like, on Zombieland, where that guy—one of his rules were cardio, cardio, cardio. That was the—that uh, yeah. was one of the guy's rules. I'll, don't worry. I'll be either a few steps behind you or one or two steps ahead of you when it comes to yep. slowing everyone down. So we'll we'll, we'll go together. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll uh, save the quicker ones. That that's what I that's how I see it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So you are next question. You are at a friend's house or relative's house, and then they start acting bizarre. Do you get up and walk away? do you try to figure out if they're being possessed or what steps do you take to try to uh, figure out what's going on, the troubleshooting
1: process? Um, Yeah, I would try to figure out what's going on and see if they're possessed. (laughs) (laughs) Because if so, I want to talk to whoever's there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if I'd want to talk to them. I mean, I'll, I'll try to help them. Don't get me wrong. But again, I have that that worry that, OK, since you're so interested in what's going on with me, then I'm just going to you know latch on to you and you and me are going to be together forever. See, I, I have a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and would you ever go spend a night in uh, the uh, oh, shoot, the, the hotel in L.A.? My mind just went blank right now. Oh, the Cecil Hotel? The Cecil. There you go.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I'd be there.
0: You'd stay one hundred percent. You would stay. Oh yeah, recognized. I've
1: seen the, ghost, I've seen the Ghost Adventures special. I watched the the documentary on Netflix. Um, I was in L.A. when Elisa Lamb was found. So. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, because she disappeared late February, and that was like she was she was actually in San Diego like a couple days after my birthday when before she went to L.A. So. Dang. Yeah. So since yeah, I never met her personally or encountered her personally but yeah.
0: Right. So on the on since the uh, Lisa Lamb came up, what do you think happened on with her situation?
1: Honestly, cuz I watched the Ghost Adventure special and it was problematic. Um I feel I think the way the paranormal media treats mental illness is not great. Um I think honestly that she was mentally ill. I think there may, I'm pretty sure there may be somebody and I think someone else was involved in her death. Um, just because just the circumstances surrounding it, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think so too. I think someone on the, on the inside had something to do with that. Cause I mean, uh, one of the main things that made me believe that was the, um, getting out through the, through the fire exit door, the emergency exit door on the top, on, on the roof, when you needed a key and a pass to get through that, that door Mm -hmm. and no alarm went off. So that right there, I'm like, well, come on, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whatever jerk hole did that. They I hope they find them some, some eventually hopefully they find them.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh,
0: And then, so my last question, the Amityville house, would you stay a night there?
1: Yeah, I would. Cause I'm like, I want to see it. I want to, I wanted to see the activity. I want to see if I feel anything, See if maybe the North Star pointing to that tree in Canada, you know, <laughs> works and I actually feel something. Yeah, 100%. I'm the one who walks into these places. If you tell me that the portal of hell is behind that door, I'm opening it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's good. That, that's, uh, that's, uh, I'll, I'll stand behind you. Well, actually, I'll stand on the outside with the walkie and you let me know what's happening. And
1: will do, <laughs> I mean,
0: if you need a bottle of water do. or a biscuit, I got you, I'll help you out, but sweet, I don't know about being right next to you when the port of hell portal door of hell is open. I don't know if I can, I, I don't think if I can be right there with you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good to
0: know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to see. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to give you that false hope. Like, Oh no, he's here. We'll, we'll do this together. Oh, we will. But I'll be on the outside. I won't be on the inside. <laughs>
1: Nice. <laughs> nice. Love it.
0: <laughs> Alex, I appreciate you so much. This interview was so much fun. It, you just blew my mind on, I can't even count now. I've lost count on how many times you blew my mind with the info and, and everything that you shared with me and us who will be listening. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. And then one time or one more time towards the, to uh, fully plug all of your stuff. Feel free to go do, to uh, share your, your plugs with everyone right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, y'all can check me out at alexmatsuo.com. If that's too hard to spell, then stuff.com is where you can find me. It all goes to the same spot. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, you, you can actually, if you, you can find, if you go to my website, uh, you can also just type in Alex Matsuo. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I'm Kind of everywhere. So you can find me on Amazon, too. Again, just type in my name and you should be able to find my books.
0: Awesome. I will be picking up that, that uh, ghost hunter book, though.
1: The, Sweet. the Paranormal
0: Investigator book. What, what was the title again so I can write it down?
1: Uh, The Brave Mortals Guide to Ghost Hunting.
0: Brave Mortals. Mortal or A-L-S. Guide to. What was the last part?
1: The Brave Mortals Guide to Ghost Hunting. To Ghost
0: Hunting. Perfect. I will be picking that book up because my kids want to get into it and I need to know how to do it too. I definitely will be getting that and I greatly appreciate your time. I really do. Thank you very, very much for joining us on the podcast. I wish you the best in your future ventures and your paranormal investigation. Hopefully everything goes well the way you want it and you don't get leached on with anything. Just protect yourself. Yeah, thanks so much. (laughs) I do appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And on that note, everyone, we will end the podcast. And as always, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the
1: end. This is the end. end. end Graveyard Graveyard. Graveyard. Grumbler Podcast.